0: Welcome to the Sales Development Podcast, your trusted resource for the latest strategies, tactics, and tips on running a high-performance sales development program. Sales development has grown to become a critical part of the success of high-growth companies, and we dive in each week on how to specifically make your program successful and accelerate your career advancement. Subscribe at iTunes, YouTube, and jump on the newsletter over at 10bound.com to make sure you never miss an episode.
1: Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. This is such a special show. I'm talking to someone all the way across the ocean, basically on the other side of the world, which is amazing. And she is doing some amazing things with her school and helping people to get into their career in sales and business development, Lucia Pesedu, founder of The BD School out in the Netherlands. How are you doing today?
0: Hey, David. I'm great. Thank you. Thank you so much for the intro. You couldn't have introduced me better.
1: Okay. (laughs) Okay. I was nervous there. No, this is so exciting because usually you know, we're pretty Silicon Valley based and, and we talk to, you know, this little bubble that we're in. So I'm so excited to introduce you to the audience and, and get to know what you're doing with the BD school over in the Netherlands. And, you know, how did you how did you start this? So tell us about yourself.
0: Sure, sure. So yeah, I'm based in the Netherlands. The BD School is based in the Netherlands. However, I'm Italian originally, so you catch two European countries in one today. (laughs) And yeah, for the last two years, I've been busy working on the BD School, which is the first educational platform entirely dedicated to business development. And we provide like all learning tools to help people become better at business development. We offer courses, but we also have mentors, which are our previous students and very large community on Facebook called Business Developers United, where we brainstorm, we just share knowledge around business development. Actually, I started because I was really frustrated when I was working in business development. I work in the field for about 12 years now. And at some point in 2017, I was really frustrated. I just didn't manage to, you know, get the results I wanted with my work. I was getting very frustrated of doing like always the same things over and over again, which was pretty much cold emails. And I thought like, there must be something more than that. So I started doing some research about business development. And to my surprise, I found that there wasn't really something like a place or a trusted source of information and knowledge for business development. And um, everything you could find around was the typical HubSpot, sales hacker, which I love, and you guys. But it was everything, you know, very fragmented and all the a little bit of information here and there. So originally, I decided to create a community because I wanted to have like to confront myself with other business developers. I wanted to see how they did stuff. I don't know. I was looking for someone to tell me, you know, their secrets. But what I found out is that most of the business developers out there were actually in my same situation. They were not really sure about what to do. They were not really sure about their processes, their methods. And there was really this, I don't know, like everybody was looking for something, you know, like for a way to learn this. And I said, well, you know what, I have some experience, maybe I can just share what I know, and maybe it's going to help someone. And that's really how it started. And now two years later, we have 100 students already, a community of 1500 people. And it's just really cool to see the business development community getting together and helping each other out.
1: I love it. I love it. So how does it work? So say somebody's are they are they students like in university and they they decide they want to get into business development and so they join it or are they actually working already and then they join
0: Yeah, we actually have different type of students. We recently started working with the University of Amsterdam. So we offer our course to their students. And in this case, they're students that are creating startups. So it's more entrepreneurial and business development is very entrepreneurial field. So we work with students, primarily students that either want to create their company or they're not really sure about what career to take. And well, we try to guide them through business development to see if it's the career for them. then our biggest, let's say, pool of students is business development professionals. Typically, like professionals that are like up to six years experience or so that, you know, they're already in the field for a while, but they feel they lack something. And namely, it's really like some more structure, you know, or more confidence to know that what they're doing as you know, a value for the for the organization. So yeah, it really depends. And sometimes we have some, let's call it outsiders, but I don't think they're really outsiders. But it's more like people that work in other fields, like, I don't know, maybe someone is working in operations for like 10 years. And they just want, you know, to get the excitement of talking to customers and, you know, being the face of the company. So there are a lot of people that are reconverting their careers. And I'm so happy that they choose business development, of course. (laughs)
1: nice okay interesting so how do they take the course is there like an actual school like a building or now you know with covid is it is everything online
0: Yeah, actually, I think we were ahead of (laughs) times because when we started, we set up the school completely online. And the main reason for that is that we wanted to make sure that everyone, regardless of where they were located, they could take this type of knowledge and they could, you know, improve their careers. So we started everything online from the very beginning. And then, well, COVID, I think, accelerated the process for many other companies in the field, which I think it was just, you know, a natural thing that would happen and the way we do it we have very small classes every time so sometimes we have four or five running at the same time but we try to keep them small five to six people mainly and the reason is that we want people to learn from each other too so we really believe in peer-to-peer learning so we really wanted to facilitate that so with this bunch of very talented people from everywhere in the world we meet every week for two hours a week for five weeks and at the end of the course, well, of course, they get a the certificate and we keep following them with the mentorship program, which usually starts after the course. So everything is online, everything is remote, and literally all you need is pretty much a computer and a Wi-Fi connection.
1: <laughs> nice. Okay, cool. So there's actually a teacher then or an instructor that meets two hours a week with them online
0: yeah so at the moment i'm the head trainer together with being the founder of the bd school so i'm mainly the one doing the classes
1: wow they're lucky They get the the
0: rock star. I like to think so.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) I like to think so, but it's up to them. Okay.
1: (laughs) Awesome.
0: So so yeah, at the moment, I'm the main trainer. However, we are starting a mentorship program with some of our old students. They are so kind and so passionate about business development. They also want to share their knowledge. So we're going to integrate the more formal knowledge of the course with the more informal one from the mentors. In this way, we can really, again, we can facilitate peer-to-peer learning. But besides that, we want to make sure that people have, you know, a guidance or someone that they can go to when they feel, I don't know, too frustrated because they don't manage to do their job or they don't reach their KPIs, you know, and they just need someone to, to talk to them, you know. And of course, in the future, what well, the idea is to have more trainers as we grow. But we're pretty much looking forward to that. But we also enjoy the time and yeah, having this very personal relation with our students.
1: I love that. And and it seems like everyone needs a mentor. You can go through the class and stuff, but then you're back at work and you're like, okay, what do I do now? So what's the mentorship program like for them?
0: Yeah, so actually we are about to launch it. So it's gonna be official at the beginning of next year, 2021, but we're running already some pilots with the current students. And the idea is really the one of making sure that when you finish the course, you, know, you don't think that you finish learning because business development is something that you always keep, need to keep updated, right? You need to keep learning to see what's going on in the market. And so on. So, we want to make sure that the mentors are actually, you know, bodies of our students. So, when you finish the course, then you can get in touch with the mentors and then they prepare individual development plans. They have weekly meetings with the students and, you know, they help them go through with their careers. So, it's really like we call it a learning stack, you know, that is, of course, like our business development course, but the mentors and the community, they're really meant, you know, to reinforce each other and to make sure that. She don't stop learning pretty much.
1: <laughs> yes. I mean, that's it's the lifelong learning. I mean, even if they become a, a full on salesperson, they still, uh, it's constant business development. So that's great. Okay. And then, so, you know, would you say that most of the people that that come through, if they're in a corporate environment already, so they're working, aren't they getting training from their company? Or is it like, They're getting some, but they just need more so they seek out your opportunity.
0: Yeah, so it really depends. However, the majority of the students that come to us, they did not receive formal training whatsoever. (laughs) Mm. And that's something actually I faced myself too in business development. I didn't really get training. You know, I just like figured out things on the way. And that's something that most business developers share. Like we run a survey, like we we keep running the survey from 2018. We surveyed about a thousand people now. And yeah, you know, like about 73% of them, they, they said, that they didn't have a clue of what business development was when they started, but then like 71% also never received formal training, which is insane because then the majority, like 53% actually doesn't reach their targets. (laughs) Typically after six months, they're out of the company. Oh, jeez. Yeah, indeed, there is a problem, no? (laughs) Yeah,
1: wow, that's (laughs) terrible. Why do you think that is? Why would you hire someone you know, with very little experience and then not train them to do the job? Do they just feel like it's a disposable job?
0: <laughs> I think so. I think on one end, there is, you know, a bit of an idea that anyway, like if you hire a junior, it's not going to cost you too much anyway. So even if it doesn't work, you know, like okay, maybe you don't get your return on investment, but it's cheap, right? Which I think it's absolutely insane anyways for both parties, companies and the employees as well. But I think that the major problem, and that's also something that we really advocate for and we really try to put up as much knowledge as possible, it's really the fact that companies alike, they don't really understand how business development works. So this is something I experience mainly in scale-ups. When you go to a scale-up, usually it's pretty much sales development, right? So you do sales development. It's not anymore like the creative side of business development and so on. But I have the feeling that sometimes companies, they just want to copy-paste a strategy from another company Namely, putting people in sequences, start emails, calls and LinkedIn messages. And they think that that's it, you know, they think that the secret lies in the process. While in business development, the secret lies in how the person, how the business developer understands the business and how he's able to get people excited about your business, right? And this comes from understanding the market, understanding the customers and so on many times companies yeah they just try to copy paste strategies from other from their peers from their competitors but they really forget this very important aspect of you know knowing your customers knowing your market and Building trust, you know, like I see very very often, and I was one of them, of course. But many junior business developers, you know, they just go on LinkedIn, they start posting the most random stuff, namely the updates from their company page, and they think that's good enough, you know, to be taken seriously. But the truth is, when someone lands on your profile, or when someone like you know reads your email, which is a copy paste from another article, and so on you just miss out, you know, like you don't even get to talk to the person, right, because you just don't have the right authority. And so on one end, companies try to copy each other and, you know, to see what works for other companies. But on the other hand, which I think is really the main problem is that companies themselves, yet yeah, they just don't know how business development works. So yeah, because they also don't know and That's fair enough because business development is a very broad field. Even just, you know, when we say it's about finding opportunities, well, what does it mean really? You know, (laughs) it's very generic. So I think there's a lot of confusion about it. And that means that, Sometimes the expectations of employees and employers are not really aligned. So, yeah, sometimes there is this idea that business developers are, you know, interchangeable or, you know, they're disposable, which is really, I think is really damaging
1: the field. Such a waste of great opportunity on so many levels, like the people you know, and all the money that they're spending to have this position at the company, and then not taking it as far as it could go. But I guess it it opens up a good opportunity for you because, hey, if you're not getting training, (laughs) go to the BD school, right?
0: Indeed, indeed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And do they usually pay you just from themselves, like out of their own pocket? Or do they get the company? Will sometimes the company pay for them to take this? Or is it always
0: so actually the way we started we started primarily on the b2c side so we go directly to the business developers which means that most of them finance the course by themselves and we try to facilitate on that so the cost of our course is very low compared to other companies but that's precisely because we want to incentivate people to take this kind of education and just to improve their skills because i've been there it's very frustrating you know like if you don't know what to do and everything you do doesn't seem to work at some point you want to give up you know like I had a student that came to us and she was like you know I'm working for this fintech company now like as a business developer I want to take this course I want to give it a last try but otherwise I'm gonna quit you know and I was like no don't quit you know (laughs) like You can do this, you know, so we want to incentivate them. But the other reason was, you know, if you go directly to the B2B side and with business development training, I talked to many people, many head of business development in different type of companies here in the Netherlands. And my impression is that they still see too much as sales. Therefore, when you approach them for a training, they want it to be primarily a sales training, while of course, there are a lot of elements of sales in business development. I mean, they are very close together. We work together. But then there is a big part of business development, which is more strategic if we want, which is not necessarily what companies associate business development with. You know, I had a friend saying, oh, but that's fine. I mean, I don't need my business developers to do strategy because, you know, they just need to make a call. I give them the list and that's it yeah except that you want them to have a bit of strategic thinking because they need to be able to understand what type of person they have in front what is it that they can leverage in the conversation how to ask the right questions you know and this is not so operational like at the end of the day it's more like a mental process that you need to acquire and then of course like all the tools that we use the emails and all the practical things of course they do the job but before that we really need to have this strategic view on the business so So we started with the B2C because we wanted to avoid the bias of the companies. We wanted to create something that was really relevant for the people working in the field. In a way, we really co-created it with our students thanks to their feedback and so on. And then, of course, the next step is to go to B2B and you know just promote this new methodology, this new way of doing business development that can really help them. But you know, we wanted to have some more, how to say, feedback from, from the front, from the front line.
1: Mhm. Yeah, and so you have to sort of almost convince the directors of business development that this is the way to go cuz they're they're biased in a way it seems.
0: You know, like there was this report, like a friend of mine just sent me this report a few days ago. He works at the Erasmus Center for Entrepreneurship, which is the accelerator of the University of Rotterdam, uh, more or less. And they noticed that many scale-ups in the Netherlands compared to a couple of years ago, they're actually declining their growth. I've been working for scale-ups and I do think that one problem is the way they do business development because it's really like they focus too much on quantity versus quality and you know they put a lot of pressure very unrealistic expectations especially on junior business developers sales developers but also account executives and so on and they really fail to realize that we're not we're not at that point anymore you know we can't just do quantity over quality we need to really equip our teams equip our people with the right knowledge mindset and skills to you know, navigate yeah through this new ways through, through this you know digital world you know and to get their message across.
1: It is it's it's very very different now than you know even just ten years ago when the quantity might work, but now it's a different world. Do you know a guy named Jaco Vanderkuji by any chance?
0: Oh yeah, of course. Yes, I took yes, his yes, course. Yes, I took yes. his course.
1: <laughs> I know. I was gonna say you two definitely need to get together because you're very you know on the same mind frame.
0: Totally, totally. And yeah, winning by design for me is really big inspiration. Like I took their course two years ago, three years ago. Maybe that's also something that, you know, really got me into the learning and development space and really helping people with their with their skills, with their knowledge. It was really a great course. I really enjoyed my time there and yeah, they're really providing a lot of value. So we take a lot of inspiration from them. So if you if you want to introduce me to Yako, Yako, I'm here. Let's get together. Yako.
1: So you're Saying it right, we're just a stupid over here. We say it, Jocko. We call him Jocko.
0: That's my Dutch accent, you know? okay.
1: <laughs> you're becoming Dutch. So, yeah. so, I have one more question about that. Then, I want to ask you okay, so what if somebody comes to you and they're just like, I've been trying all these things, I took my company's training, I've been reading all these blogs and books, and I just, I'm failing. I stink at that business development. <laughs> And then they go through your course and they're still not very good. And do you ever come to the point where you're just like, look, you're just not cut out for sales. Like, why (laughs) why don't you go do something else? I mean, or, or do you always try to inspire them that they can improve?
0: Yeah, so our approach is really like more on like really finding the talent inside the people. I'm really convinced that, you know, everybody can do great things, but if they're unable to. For me, the like, let's say this revelation came from like my own experience. I have a background in international relations. I mean, Obviously. I imagine my life to be, yeah, right? <laughs> We're <laughs> We're going to release an article very soon about the, the background of business developers. It's going to be very interesting. And of course, international relations is in there. But, you know, I really saw my life completely different. Like, I imagine myself to be like a world reporter. I wanted to be a journalist or at some point an ambassador. But then I got into this, this world of business development. And I mean... I learned pretty much everything on my on my own. I had great guidance along the way as well, but it was really a lot of my own, you know, learnings. And I figured, I was like, if I can do that, you know, I never thought I would be able to do this, but if I can, maybe other people can as well if we enable them to. And of course, there are some people that come to the course which they don't necessarily have the right personality, you know, or maybe they don't have the right grit, you know, because you need to be very persistent, you need to be really like solid mentally, you know, to work in business development or sales. And we did have like a couple that after that was like, maybe I don't think it's really my thing. But we like them to realize it themselves, you know, and if they Uh think like, yeah, I don't think this is for me. I think it's, you know, it's much better experience for them as well. But generally, like we try to keep the reason why we also have very small classes is that we really want to personalize the learning journey to our students so each one of them needs to make a self-assessment test when they start and they repeat it at the end because yeah we want to make sure that they can see the results also of what they of what they do but yeah we really try to you know understand what are their ambitions what are their goals and how we can better empower them you know enable them to reach these goals and then you know sometimes like so far we had I think we were very maybe lucky or maybe we're just good (laughs) but only one student was really not happy you know about business development in general because she felt like she was more cut out for something else and of course it makes sense I think it's really a great lesson of self-awareness as well which I think it's a very good quality in business development and sales too.
1: (laughs) Big time I mean it's really tricky because it's like it's such a tough job and then you might lose your confidence Right. And you're sitting there going, maybe, maybe I just suck at this. I mean, maybe I should not do this. And you don't know is it because I didn't get any training? Is it because the tools I'm using are no good? Is it because the company, you know, is not very good and has a bad reputation? You know, there's so many factors. But I think, I think you're right that grit and motivation and stuff like that. If you can get through all that stuff and keep your confidence, then you can definitely be successful right?
0: Totally, totally. And you know, the funny thing, like when we, I mean, I call it funny because I've been there too, you know, but I didn't realize it, you know. But when we do like after the course, our students make satisfaction survey to see like how everything went for them. And I was really surprised to see that one of the main elements, you know, that the students mentioned as a, you know, outcome for them was really to have this confidence in what they were doing that they didn't have before. And that for me was like really an eye opener because at the end of the day, the goal of doing training, I mean, it's not to just to. Teach people how to send an email. I mean People is, are not stupid; they can do that themselves, you know. But it's really to, you know, give them the context, give them the frameworks and the tools, you know, to do something of value with their own talent and skills, you know. So it's really about, you know, giving them the confidence that what they're doing is the right thing. And if not, you know, also give them the feedback, of course. Like we, in the course, we have homework that they have to do at home. Some of them are in a group project and so on. But the individual homework, we really take. as a chance to you know give very honest feedback to to the students because yeah i think you need to have that too right if you write an email that is not good you need to know why it's not good what you can do better and how you can better use your you know urinate talent because i believe everybody has talent and has great skills and sometimes not having confidence can really block you which is i don't think it should be the case so when i read this feedback you know i said oh I feel a lot more confident. So some of them said, I have a much bolder approach to my work now. I think, okay, that's great feedback. And I did not expect that. But in my case, when I think back, it was exactly the same. Like every time I was not performing at my best is because I didn't believe that I could do that. You know, I didn't believe that what I was doing was right. And that blocked me. (laughs) So that's not good.
1: Of course. And so would you consider yourself a pretty tough teacher? I mean, you know, a tough coach, like... With your students,
0: I think I'm a fair coach.
1: Yeah, I could see you. (laughs) I think I'm fair.
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm not very tough. Sometimes people
1: just need to kick in the butt, right? I mean, if if they're (laughs) slacking, yeah.
0: Totally, totally. Like, I I don't know, make sure that, you know, they do the homework. Like, I I send personally messages to all of them. Like, my friends say that I'm very cheesy, to be fair, with my students. Because I I don't know, I was like, I'm very optimistic and very positive. So, every time I see the students that are feeling a bit down, because maybe they send five job applications and nobody replied to them. Or they were working on some clients and none of them converted. And now everything is, uh, you know, trembling under their feet. I like to be more like the supportive type you know but then of course in during the class like we do a lot of role plays a lot of interactions and there I'm typically very straightforward (laughs) but still nice and fair
1: (laughs) I think they'd be lucky to have you I wish I had your energy must be something in the water over there in in the Netherlands I gotta check it out (laughs) you ride your bike a lot right it gives you a lot of energy yeah. Yeah,
0: totally. Lately, I've been playing a lot of tennis. I think that's uh,
1: that. <laughs> it's giving it to you. Yeah. You know, those bikes are starting to pop up here in San Francisco. Oh, yeah? The one with the big wagon on the front.
0: Oh, yeah. That's the Babu cool. bike. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we were seeing those. I love those. Okay. So question for you. We got to wrap up, but I'm curious about the vocabulary because I think we use some of the words differently here. And I'm curious to get your thoughts. So when I think sales development, it's like SDRs and BDRs who are doing the front end work of, you know, the sales process. And then they set up a meeting for the salespeople. And a lot of people here, when they say business development, they're talking about like forging partnerships between companies. And it's like a different, it's like, usually there's like one guy who does business development or one gal, you know, (laughs) then there's this huge sales development program. So your school's called business development, but you're actually, in our definition, you're doing sales development.
0: And that's the great question. Okay. <laughs> so no, that's that's really the thing. Is it
1: different in Europe? Like are we saying it wrong?
0: No, the okay. definition of sales development is pretty much the same over here. And that's also what would we say, like and that's also one myth that we want to, you know, to remove with the BD school, the fact that business development equals sales or equals partnerships. You know, you see many times like many people say, oh no, business development is just partnerships. But the truth is that business development is much broader than that. And it exists from a long time, you know, so we're not reinventing really the wheel. We're just like putting the knowledge at this place pretty much. For us, business development is any activity that you can undertake to grow the company. And this can be done, of course, within the company or between organizations as well, for example, with partnerships. But it's not only sales or it's not only sales partnerships and so on. Like we really think like we really see sales, marketing, product development. Also, as strategies that you can use in business development to grow the company. So, sales, we really see it as part of it. So, in the sense that, of course, like at the end, the bottom line is we need to get revenue, right? So, however you do it, it's pretty much with clients, so we need to get these clients on board. But for us, the two concepts are different. So, indeed, sales development is doing the front work for the account executives, and business development is a bit different than that. When we think about business development, yeah, we really think of a holistic view on it. You know, like we want to make sure that our students, like, they're not only using sales, but they also know how to use marketing concepts. They also know that if they have an idea for a feature they should talk to the product development team because they are the front men of the company you know so they know what's going on around so we see it's like different and actually so a while back i read this book you probably know it zero to one and you know there was one page in this book that i just couldn't remember which number you know so a few days ago i was just looking back and at some point he's, he's talking about sales and he says that yeah sales people like working in sales is a bit like acting you know Like, because, yeah, you want to, you know, show that you know your stuff and so on, but you don't want to say that you're selling, right? Because nobody likes to be sold to. So at some point he says, that's why salespeople at some point, they call themselves business developers because it sounds fancier.
1: Uh (laughs) And that's,
0: I think, where the entire confusion between business development and sales started appearing because that's true like when you think about business development it sounds fancier like we can say whatever but it really it really sounds fancier but then it depends on what you do i mean if you still do primarily like just sales activities then you can call yourself how you want but you're still doing sales right but this really created the confusion and that's also why sometimes if you look at the job description of business developers in company x and then you check on company y same industry same type of company you might find two completely different words you know (laughs) which is it really contributes to the confusion of people you know because i'm like you know i do business development but i don't do sales you know like my job is to come up with new product ideas you know i'm like huh that's interesting and then you talk to someone else and it's like no but for me my job is just to find partners you know Okay, that's, that's interesting. And then you have another one who's like, no, but my job is to find clients, you know? And it's like, okay, guys, l- let's sit down and let's figure it out together.
1: <laughs> let's hash it out. So it's a bigger, you've got a bigger umbrella for everyone to go under. I love yeah, that. Okay, got exactly, it. Exactly,
0: exactly. There was a bit of a challenge also at the beginning, you know, because even just to come up with the definition of business development that englobes everything, it was quite challenging, you know, but that's why also when we thought about our methodology, how we teach business development we put together all these different elements of business development so you're not gonna learn only sales but you're gonna learn also how strategic partnership works how the product development process works how marketing works how market entry works because especially here in Europe like at the moment you like if you were starting the Netherlands you're gonna like you know saturate the market pretty quickly we're a tiny country (laughs) so right after you need to find customers somewhere else you know and as a business developer you can be tasked with that, you know? So I think business development becomes more sales development once a company starts growing, like typically in the scale-up phase, you know? and makes sense because there you already have your processes, you know how to find your customers. So in theory, this should work, right? So you just repeat what you're doing. Except that, again, like if we see business development under this, you know, broader view, then we're wasting talent because these people can do more than that, you know, can do more than just booking meetings. They can do a lot more to get, you know, customers or partners or, you know, exposure for the company.
1: It's such a huge opportunity. And then another thing was, you mentioned there's startup and then there's scale up. So what's scale up? Because I, I just, I'm a doof. What does that mean? <laughs> does that mean they already started up, they have traction, now they're scaling up?
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So like the formal definition is that you have a certain amount of revenue in the last two years and you have at least 10 employees. (laughs) So, you know, there are a lot of startups that are like bigger than that, you know. (laughs) But typically they still don't manage to have a proper business model in place, you know, like that works. While scale-ups, usually they validated their business model. They typically have already a few hundreds, if not thousands customers, depending of course on the type of company. And they're like, usually these companies are the ones that figured out like what's the value proposition what is it the real pain that they're solving for and how to solve it you know so they have already quite some traction and the goal there is really to just keep growing fast whereas in a startup and I think that's also where you find the purest form of business development when you're a startup you you don't have clients at the beginning like all you have is an idea that maybe is good, you know, you need to figure that out. (laughs) And as a founder, especially, you're really the first business developer because, and that's really like, this analogy i always use it to explain the difference between sales and business development right if you're a startup and you're just starting out you're developing a business but you're not doing sales because you, don't, you probably don't even have a product to sell right but you're talking to your stakeholders you're you're trying to figure out who are the relevant people for you to talk to you're trying to validate value propositions uh, finding the ideal customer profile and so on when you're scale up hopefully And it's not always the case, but hopefully you already did these steps. So when you hire business developers in a scale-up, then you can just task them. Again, I'm not necessarily pro this choice, but what happens now is that they just put them on the phone or on the behind, you know, very nice software that sends automatic emails. And that's pretty much it. (laughs) So startup, indeed, indeed. And it doesn't work. Like I send so many thousands of emails or so many thousands of messages on LinkedIn. Again. Quality is much better. (laughs) noise.
1: Uh, Yeah, I see it. And now, you know, it's restrictive there with the GDPR rules. It's much more restrictive. And we're starting to get those. Each state is making its own rule book now. Is it harder? I mean, how do you deal with that over there? You know, as far as you still need to develop business as a business developer, but you're not allowed (laughs) to contact anybody. So how does that work?
0: So the funny thing, you know, is that at the beginning, like in 2018, I think it was, yeah, 2018 when they when they launched GDPR, I was working for a software company, for a recruitment software company. So of course, we managed a lot of data of a lot of people. So we were super strict, you know, like everybody, like I needed to have so many security stuff on my computer, you know, so 2018 was really the year of GDPR and everybody was stressed out about that. Everybody was implementing stuff on their websites. But the truth is, especially if you work on the B2B side, you know, and you're working with other companies you are exactly on the same boat, you know, like they need to find clients, partners, and so on, you too. So unless you're super rude in your messaging, you know, and you're super pushy in the way you talk to people, generally people are not so, you know, they don't really act necessarily like, you know, following the law, like everything on any side, you know. But my recommendations are always to make sure that you get, you know, that you you start the conversation in a more genuine way you know really just being interested in the other person and see whether you can help each other or not when you do that typically people are more open to talking to you and they don't report you to GDPR but then there are a lot of other tricks for example and I think that's a trend a bit everywhere but the massive use of social media platforms to get the first contact with people in our case because I know that you're also very active on LinkedIn in our case it's definitely LinkedIn right so well you can find on the B2B side, you find pretty much everyone there. And if you get the contact of the person through LinkedIn and you get a sort of an agreement that you can conduct them, then, you know, you can bypass the law, you know. But at the end of the day, what matters is that you get this permission in a way or another. And typically... People are quite chill. So I had like problems with it before GDPR, to be honest. Like when I was doing cold calling to Italy for another platform here in the Netherlands, some people, they would just say, yeah, look, I don't want to talk to you. Like I'm on this registry of people that cannot be called for sales purposes. So this thing was already existing, but it really depends on who you find. You know, like some people are really strict, some other less business-wise, Little less changed. I have to say, like businesses are still doing the same as before, just like they try to be nicer to each other, so they, nobody gets annoyed or offended.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. So it didn't. It didn't end the world. It's, it's just- nah figuring Not out really. how to do it. Okay. <laughs> and then I'm noting, am I too active on LinkedIn? I I, dude, I need to tone it down a little bit.
0: <laughs> I, know. I think it's good. I think all it's right. good. And, and LinkedIn try. should really like, you know, start rewarding us more. <laughs> I know, <laughs> like,
1: right? We're doing all the work for these guys.
0: Yeah. And no, what they do, they put you on the LinkedIn jail. Like a few days ago, again, I was put in jail from LinkedIn, but What's I really don't like, know how like, to figure out Oh, they just you know like block your account without any reason. I was like, but what did they do now? <laughs> I was like, what did they like? I don't use automation because I prefer to just interact with people live. You know, I want to see their profiles. You know, I don't use automations. I don't really like spam people and such. But because they're, I think they're implementing a lot of safety features. It happened the same with Facebook five years ago. They just start paying more attention to these things. But by the time that they have you know a solid process in place, they're just gonna keep blogging, people, a bit randomly. So I was like, again, like, what did I do now? So I think the problem is that I was in Italy last week for a few days. So I logged in from from there. I guess that's the problem, but that's super annoying. (laughs) Yeah,
1: they saw the the IP address. They they thought that you were. Yeah,
0: I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, your your safety is our number one priority. Was like, okay, but in the meantime, you're taking the money for the premium account, but I can't use you guys. So
1: how do we do this? (laughs) The uh, arrogance of these. Big tech companies is unbelievable.
0: Yeah, but, you know, like, I think it's just a natural transition. It's going to, like, they're going to be stricter and stricter. Like, on Facebook, when I started working in startups in 2014, we would just, like, we would just send so many messages on Facebook, you know, post on every possible group about our industry, you know, commenting everywhere. And at some point, you know, Facebook noticed that, you know, businesses were using it, were misusing it, you know. So they started putting in place all these measures, which, of course, yeah, were deleterious on on the first place. But yeah, the good thing is that after that, it's like, great, we don't have Facebook anymore. Well, we're going to do other stuff, which work and they're a lot more sustainable of course because I also think social media are a great way to you know again generate enthusiasm and awareness around what you do but you shouldn't rely too much on them because yeah one day they put you on LinkedIn jail and that's it you know
1: (laughs) yeah that's the thing about those platforms it's like you build up your community and you do all this stuff for them and one day they just turn it off bye (laughs) you know they could take it away at any moment you know it's crazy it's like okay okay (laughs) sure so Question for you. Someone's listening to this. Do they have to be in Europe in order to join the program or can it, it sounds like it's anywhere, right? If they want to join.
0: Indeed, it's anywhere. And to make sure that, you know, people in California don't have to take the course at 4 a.m. in the morning, we actually adjust the course, the time of the course, based on our students. So far, we had students, like in the last batch, there was actually someone from California, so it was not the case. But we had students from literally everywhere in the world. We had someone in Japan, other people in Singapore, a lot of people from Africa as well, which was also a great surprise for me. I didn't know that there was such, you know, attack industry starting and so many startups popping up also in Africa for me it was really yeah eye opener on how we see things from uh, from our side so absolutely you can take the course from anywhere in the world and from our side we make sure that we adjust the time so you you don't have to take it at uh, very inconvenient times
1: okay do they have SDRs and BDRs in Africa i'm i'm just they do
0: they okay. do like wow they do though and it's i think in that sense is more like pure version of business development because yeah typically business developers at least the ones that work with us the students that took the course they had this yeah broader role as business developers so they were not doing sales only but they really had the full stack so many of them were also doing working very closely with marketing coming up with new marketing campaigns and so on
1: awesome that's amazing it's uh, so interesting Well, this has been a super, I've got a whole page of notes here that I'll put in (laughs) the the show. (laughs) Lucia, you have delivered big time here. So thank you for all the great information and coming on the Sales Development Podcast. How do we get, how do we enroll? How do we get in touch with you? What's the best way to get into this?
0: Great. So you can just check our website, the BD School slash business development course, or feel free to send me an email, lucia at thebdschool.com. I'm usually very fast.
1: Okay. And that's L-U-C-I-A yeah. for everybody. Okay. Exactly. Thank you so much for coming on the Sales Development Podcast. And I hope to see you soon over in the Netherlands.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, <laughs> David, for inviting me. It was a blast.
1: Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the sales development podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.